Okay. Hi. My name is Lisa, and I am a grateful member of this fellowship. Um, I'm grateful to be sharing because this month I'm celebrating 15 years in this wonderful fellowship. I was in another fellowship for about 17 years, and before that, the first fellowship that I came through was ACOA. I went through Al-Anon, and and then um, uh, this was another fellowship I came in the doors of in 2008. And how it was, well, I just ate. But there was no problem with it. I wasn't criticized for it. I wasn't told, you know, you're eating too much. You you know, I that wasn't it. <clears throat> because, <clears throat> excuse me, I was eating like everybody else was eating. I grew up in a southern home. I, I wasn't born in the south, but my parents were from the south. My relatives were from the south. And they cooked, and I ate. And they didn't care how much I ate. They just didn't want me to waste anything, and that suited me fine. I ate when I was happy. I ate when I was sad, sick, glad. And one of the things in my family, if you weren't eating, Food was the answer to all your problems, and they were going to feed you until you got, <laughs> you ate, you started eating again, uh, because that was a sign that, oh, no, something was wrong. Uh, even though there was other things wrong in my household at the time that food could not fix, but I ate even through all the craziness of my childhood and the alcoholism that was taking place in my home. And I remember during the holidays, you know, there was food. Uh, And in my family, we always cooked like, we were going to feed other people. It wasn't just for our family. It was for other people, too. If somebody stopped by, if we went if we went to somebody's house and they needed some food, I mean, there's many times that my family members told me, oh, go take a plate to Mrs. So-and-so or Miss So-and-so. They're not feeling well. They they need some food. They don't feel like I mean, that that's just... That's what my family was all about. So that's the way my family evolved. It was always around food, and it was a running to- it was a running joke. If you wanted to find anybody in my family, you go to the kitchen because they were somebody in the kitchen cooking something. And you know, I ate, and then as I grew up, I, uh, you know. I got to the point where they, oh, that's just baby fat. Oh, you'll drop that when you get older. But as I got older, that baby fat didn't drop, and I was just getting fatter. And back in those days, it was it, it was a problem. 
Well, we didn't see it as a problem because we didn't consider overeating. There was nothing, there was nobody in my neighborhood who was talking about compulsive overeating, believe me. It was like, no, we just eat. We love to eat, you know. She got girth on her, you know. It was no such thing. They didn't know anything about compulsive overeating in my neighborhood or overeating. So when I grew up, um, I eventually started going on diets and trying the latest fad diet, did the yo-yo diet. and So I did the nine yards, and I lost weight. I gained weight, and I that's just the way that went. And I finally made myself uh, go to therapy, you know, for other issues. And when I went to therapy for other issues, I was gaining weight big time. And my therapist at the time suggested, I think you need to go to OA. I I would suggest you go to OA. And I was like, OA? And I had not been in this other program for 15-plus years. I mean, I I, I was just incensed that I have to go to another 12-step program. I wanted that one program to take care of everything. But Al-Anon took care of what it needed to take care of. But then I had my own issues, and it wasn't alcohol. It was food. So it came to a point I was no better than the alcoholics. They use alcohol. I use food. And I came into the rooms. I wanted you to give me the diet so I can go back to where I was at and try the diet and lose the weight. I had no problem losing the weight because every time I went on the diet, I lost the weight. I just couldn't keep the weight off. And see, in my diseased mind, I was thinking, well, once the weight go off, I should be good now. You know, everything should be fine. And I should be able to go back and eat what I wanted to eat without gaining weight. And that's how diseased my mind was. No, 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 no. I'm not supposed to gain weight. Um, but that's not the way it worked. So when I came to, you know, OA, I wanted you to tell me, okay, this is the diet. Now be gone. But that didn't happen. So I kept waiting and waiting. I kept coming to meetings, coming to meetings, and I kept listening to people. And what people were sharing, I couldn't relate to because I never had to hide food. I never had to go and get food out of the trash. I didn't have to eat in secret. I didn't have to go steal food. I mean, food was abundant. It was like drugs and alcohol. It was abundant. You know, my family were good cooks. They baked. They they cooked. You know, it was good food. I didn't have to do any of that. It was abundant. So I couldn't understand that, and I'm like, I'm still waiting for you to give me the diet so I can go, you know. And then I heard somebody talk about emotional eating, and they talked about emotional eating, and that caught my ear. And because that caught my ear, I'm like, okay, I want to hear more about this. And they talked about this emotional eating and how they, you know, when when life wasn't going their way, they would eat. And I thought about that, and that I could relate to that, 
you know, I ate when I wasn't, you know, feeling well about what was going on in my life. And that really hit home for me because at one point I was eating something. I kept eating and I kept eating. And I couldn't stop eating. And I was full. I was full to the brim. And the one moment I stopped to catch my breath, I wanted to cry. And I wanted to, I just wanted to burst into tears. But what did I do instead? I stuffed more food down my throat so I couldn't cry. I stuffed it down there so I wouldn't feel those feelings. And that's how I was able to relate to, you know, to that speaker talking about emotional eating. And that kept me coming back, and I kept hearing more people share, and I could identify with them. I could identify with, you know, not being able to live life on life terms. I didn't know anything about life on life terms. I thought I was supposed to be able to control control people, places, things, and situations. But I even even in the other twelve step program, I knew that wasn't possible. But I thought, well, you know, maybe food was the answer, but food wasn't the answer. So I kept coming back, and I got a sponsor, and they helped me through the program, and. And over the years, I have had quite a few sponsors, and I've heard people share about abstinence, and I listened to different people's abstinence, and I was like, it was like a moving target for me, and I was grabbing on to different people's abstinence, whatever they say they abstinence was, I tried that, and I grabbed on to somebody after the other after. It was like a moving target, and I couldn't. And and that's one of the things I realized that I had to find my own abstinence. What is it I needed to be abstinent from? I couldn't follow everybody else's abstinence. And I also had to figure out that this was a spiritual program for me. It wasn't about the food. It was about what was going on in my mind. Because that's why I was emotionally eating. Because... I was trying to control people, places, and things. The committee was up there having meetings every day, and I was trying to control, and that just sent me in a spiral, and I reached for the food to try to solve or try to help me heal those wounds I had received, you know, from childhood and throughout life, and I was just using food to be the solve to cover up those wounds, and and it wasn't working. It wasn't working. You know, the, the, the food was like putting a Band-Aid on a bullet wound. It just wasn't working. But slowly what I was realizing, this is, you know, for me it was a spiritual, and it was about me making food my God and make not making God not my God. And the more I reached for the food, the more I push God away. So I eventually start learning, okay, this isn't working. That's why I'm in this program. See, God gave me free will, and he let me do what I wanted to do, and I did what I wanted to do. 
that's why I'm here where I'm at, because I did what I would do, and I kept coming back with my tail feathers lower than they were the last time. So I got sick and tired of being sick and tired, and I was ready to say, okay, God, okay, I'm going to do it your way now. I'm going to do it your way. It's not going to be easy, I was told by the big book. It's not going to be easy. There's no easier, softer ways. Well, I tried the easy ways. That didn't, have, that didn't work. So now I've got to do this real hard inner work to heal that hole in my soul because I was using food for that hole in my soul that wasn't healing because I was going outside myself and I was looking for that easier, softer way. So now I got to sit down and really do these steps, you know, trust in God, clean my side of the street, and help others. And this was a lot of hard work, a lot of tears, a lot of anger, but with each time I healed more and more. And I said, okay, God, now let me do it your way. I'm, I'm more, I became more and more willing. And I'm still learning to be more and more willing. Like, okay, God, okay, I tried that. You know, I tried that. That didn't work. Okay. It didn't get me anywhere. And so I, for my program, it's all about learning more and more to follow God's will. And to do his will means I have to work this program like my life depends on it. I, like I said, one, two, and three, I got to trust in God. Four through 11, I have to clean my side of shit because it was, it was, and that's, a, you know, I kept looking for everybody at everybody else's side of the street and not want to look at my own side of the street. And the other thing about it, too, is I had to get out of that self-centeredness, you know, well, I, like, I deserve something or I, don't you know I'm entitled, you know, don't you know where I came from and, you know, what they did to me and, you know, no, I had to get out of that and look at what role I play. And that was all about cleaning my side of the street. You know, I had to get out of that self-centeredness. I had to get out those defects of, of resentment and anger and self-pity and, you know, it, it just went on and on at infinitum, you know. It just went on and on. And I had to let go of those character defects. If, are they all gone? No, they're not all gone. But I'm willing more. They're not serving the purpose they used to serve. Not that I really think they really serve much, but they were something that I held on to. And they they may have got me through some rough times, but they still, I think, may have done more harm uh, than they did good. But now I'm willing to say, okay, whatever happens now, God, is your will. I will, you know, just just... Do what you, you know, and my favorite slogan is let go and let God. I have to let go and let God and let him do what he needs to do. Uh, I'm also a big believer in the three A's, awareness, acceptance, and action. You know, there's 
once I'm aware, I can't shut that door of awareness. I am aware, then I have to accept, and then I take action. Well, the the hardest one is that middle one, awareness, I mean, acceptance. That's the hardest one. For me. I'm aware, and what I want to do, and this is where my self-will comes in, I want to be aware. Okay, I'm aware that I got a problem with food. Okay, let me just take action. Well, that action usually means I'm looking for an easier, softer way. Okay, like get a diet. Let me take action and just go ahead and on this diet and lose the weight. But I never could maintain the weight because I never because that's the hardest part is maintaining, and I never knew how to maintain. But then in the process, I cut God out in that acceptance because that's where. God, for me, comes in. It's acceptance. I have to accept where I'm at right now, right now, today. I have to stay in the present. I have to be where God wants me to be. And that's, you know, because if I don't accept, I, I mean, I've been thin. I've been at my, at my healthy weight for years, and I wasn't happy then. Because what happened and when I was thin when something happened, I started eating and I gained weight. And then when everything was, you know, sunshine out and the birds were chirping, and then I'll go on a diet and lose weight. And people used to, oh, you got a man in your life. Oh, no, everything's fine in my life. That's, you know, I'm all right. You know, I'm not dating, but, but I didn't know how to live life on earth terms. So for me to live life on life terms, I have to accept. I have to accept things that I cannot change. And that's where serenity prayer comes in. I have to accept things that I cannot change and concentrate on the things and have the courage to change the things I can. So, you know, for me, that that is critical. That is critical. And... Staying in the present is critical because I've been in the past, I've cried, I've yelled, I I can't change the past. I can't change my childhood. But, you know, the good yeah, out of that childhood, I survived it. Thank you. I survived it. I'm still here, and I'm grateful that God let me into these rooms because it could have been far worse, and there were other paths that I could have gone down. Um, so with that, I hope and I was able to, you know, say something useful. So thank you for allowing me to share. 